this out. Go on, welcome to the Glass Half Full podcast. My name is Steve Twynan. Thanks for joining me. I work here in the UK as a uh, inspirational coach, become known as the Happy Coach, a clinical hypnotherapist. I'm also the founder of Yawa Radio, which is all about well-being and happiness. The Glass Half Full podcast, well, it's all about helping people see the glass half full with inspirational guests from around the world. You may hear something in the podcast that well resonates with you. So sit back and enjoy the Glass Half Full podcast. Well, welcome to tonight's Glass Half Full with me, Steve Twynham. Um, Glass Half Full is, um, well, it's an opportunity for me to talk to inspirational people from around the world. Now, a couple of years ago, um, maybe a bit longer than that, I had the pleasure of meeting my guest tonight over a coffee at a garden centre near Thirst. We got on really well. We've become great friends uh, over that time and collaborated on a wonderful project called the Human Wisdom Project. So tonight, I'd like to introduce you to my good friend, Manoj. Manoj, how are you? I say good evening, and it's a pleasure to meet you and uh, be live. Yes, live streaming live, so people could be uh, listening on Facebook, Periscope, um, whatever they may be be listening on tonight. So we're going to explore wisdom tonight with with yourself and about find out more about the human wisdom program but before they do that manage let you know people always think about things like this in life that um everything is instant and things are wonderful and they've come together just overnight everybody's got a backstory so can we have a little potted history of your backstory before you got involved and developed the human wisdom program and before of course you put your first book together. Let's not mention, we've got to mention that as well. And a yeah. second book on its way. So just give us a little bit of a positive history. Well, if I looked, if I was looking at myself 10 years ago and thinking, this is what I'd be doing now, I'd have said, absolutely no way. <laughs> so whatever you have, whatever plans you have for your life, well, life has other plans for you, doesn't it, Steve? Quite often. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, very, very often it does, you know, and the, uh, yeah, if I look at my life and think some of the things that I've got involved with over time, I never thought that would happen. But um, so, so how did you know? What was your career then before you, you started? So I used being... to be a spine surgeon uh, for yeah, I was an orthopedic surgeon and a spine surgeon. I was a consultant in North Tees Hospital in Stockton North Tees for twenty two years, and uh, and then one day I was just driving home from work. I'd been operating all day and a children's hospital at been bombed in the Middle East and these kids were screaming and it just moved me deeply and I felt what are we doing as human beings you know I felt like a human being and I felt responsible and I felt come on we can do better than this you know mm-hmm. and I felt I had an understanding that could make a difference and there's so many other people who do spine surgery really well but I felt not enough was being done in this space so that's when I transition, started transitioning out of medicine. I wrote this book you talked about, Understanding Me, Understanding You. And um, initially, it was quite a journey, you know, to make such a big jump, to leave a really good career uh, with a good income, to go from that to nothing. And uh, just on a conviction that, you know, 
you can do something to make the world a better place. I was going to ask you that because many people, when they get to that crossroads, you know, it's they, they don't take the path because they're, they're locked into what they're doing and it's very difficult to step out of that. So when you did that path, you know, what, what did your colleagues think, Malon? You know, did they, what, were they surprised or what did what well, they my mum was mortified i must tell you <laughs> my friends thought i was crazy um and my patients uh were distraught they said how can you do this you know you're such a good surgeon you're going to change so many more lives in the future how can you do that um so it was a tough decision all around but you know um, sometimes when there's an inner I don't know if the word calling is a good idea, but if just something is driving you to change and it just needs to be answered. And that was the case for me. So it sounds like this, the calling, a, a new purpose to, to actually move forward into this this project. So, you know, you, you put the book together, but things have, you know, I mean, I've pleasured, I've, I forget how many times I've read this book. It's like, because you can do, you can just dip in, dip out. And yeah, it's not like reading a fiction you know, a fiction book is you can choose various topics around there. So how did things develop from the book? You know, because that was a human inquiry into the human wisdom. How did those how did that transcend? So what happened is that. Really, the whole thing was based on a really simple idea that we human beings were never taught how to understand ourselves. We're only taught how to understand the world around us. And every problem that we human beings don't have a solution to right now begins in our thinking, including the wars in the Middle East, for example. Mm -hmm. um, so if we're going to solve these problems, we need to begin by understanding ourselves deeply. And so I started working in education with children. Wow. Um, yeah. And I just turn up and... Uh, Actually, I initially started talking to teachers about stress. I thought if teach, we can teach the teachers, they can teach the children. One day a head teacher said, Manoj, why don't you talk to the kids directly? And I said, well, I don't know how to talk to them. <laughs> he said, no, no, give it a shot. It was in Newcastle. And it was a, I still remember that so clearly. It was a gymnasium. There were 50 kids, little ones on the floor. Their parents had been invited. They were sitting on the back. And I just sat down and I said, can we be friends? Yeah. I'm older than you, but we're the same human being inside, deep down. And uh, we just started chatting. We started talking about friendship and listening. And I was just asking questions. And everybody, the parents and the teachers, couldn't believe how wise these little children were. Uh, what kind of things did they come out with then? Oh, my goodness. So... I said, why do you want to listen? Why is it listening so important? And they said, when you listen, you learn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and how many people forget that when we get older? Yeah, yeah. So I felt, oh my goodness, we're missing a trick here. You know, that we're missing a trick in education. We think education is about stuffing their heads with knowledge, but it actually, it's about. I think it's about awakening this wisdom in them, which comes from a deeper understanding of themselves. So that's really what I did for about three years. I worked with children, teenagers, university students, and uh, learned a lot in that process. 
there's a great question that's just come to me there because you know we've um one of the great questions and one of the the, the thought-provoking things about life is um what is happiness yes yeah now did you ask that question to the let's call them kids children did you ask that question to them i did and uh, you know so interestingly i said what makes you happy and they said um, ice cream <laughs> Christmas presents, <laughs> holidays. Okay. Yeah. And I said, okay, how long does the pleasure last? And they said, not long. You know, mm-hmm. maybe a day or a few minutes and then it's over. So I said, then what do you feel? He said, well, we feel empty. Wow. Inside. These are all 10 year olds, by the way. Mm. And I said, what do you need to do next? He says, well, we need something more. We feel bored. We want to do something else. But it needs to be bigger and better. Well, I say yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. And so, and so, yeah, so they had this tremendous insight that, so then actually I said, what effect does that have on our own lives and on the planet? And they said it causes pollution because we're buying more and more. Wow. From from ten year olds, eh? How? Yeah, yeah, cool. And and I managed to sorry, so you touched on there because you 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 mentioned happiness, and then the word pleasure crept in there. Um, yes. Um, two different things, aren't they? Happiness and pleasure. Well, a lot of people think they're the same. You see, mm. if you ask people, what is it that makes you happy? Most of the time, it'll be things that bring pleasure eating out, relationships, holidays, buying things, etc. But I think when people look for happiness, what they're really looking for is peace. Mm-hmm. And peace can't be found through pleasure. <laughs> In fact, it creates more dissatisfaction because the more you have, the more you need, and the more dissatisfied you get, as you know. Yeah. So... So how did things develop from there then, you know, to, to move from, you know, work, working with the, with the children, the schools, the teachers, the universities? How did things develop then to exploring? I mean, we've explored wisdom together for, for you know, for hours, haven't we? You know, so yes. how did how did that come together, you know, to, to start exploring wisdom? And what does that mean to you? What does, how would you define that for people? So there are two separate questions. So the first one, I'll take that one first. So we had lockdown. COVID came along. I know it's been a curse to many, but it's been a blessing for for this project because I was at home and I had time. And I felt if we can take this understanding that I had uh, picked up from the children and, you know, been able to communicate with them to the world, in a generation, we could change the future of humanity. I say that not lightly, with absolute seriousness, because if you think about it, Every problem for which humanity at the moment doesn't have an answer begins in our thinking, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's stress and anxiety, relationship breakdown, unhappiness, war, addiction, racism, prejudice, you know, all the divides in society. So to solve them, as Einstein said, we need a different kind of thinking because they come from our thinking. Mm -hmm. So for me, wisdom is understanding ourselves and how our minds work. It doesn't come from experience. It comes from self-understanding. 
so it, it comes from from understanding and, and exploration of ourselves then why yes. wh wh why are you know wh why are we thinking that way why are we thinking that way about a certain subject yeah why do i think this way why do i feel this way hmm. what's going on in my thinking to make me feel this way and, and, and the more you ask those questions you realize that's the same in all human beings you know deep down just as our hearts work in the same way and we don't see it, our minds work in the same way and we don't see it either. And, and, and Manas, you know, when, when you explore things like that, then I, I guess there's things around that from, from, well, it comes from various conditioning, peers, parents, all kinds of things. All kinds of things. I mean, let's take a problem, take any problem and let's explore it and let's see how wisdom can make a difference. So pick one, anyone. Pick, well, let's pick um, anxiety. Okay, let's talk about anxiety. And of course, right. if anybody, for people listening, if you'd like to pose a question to us, you know, or ask a question to us, then you can do uh, the, on the chat there, on the Facebook or on Periscope, wherever you may be listening. If you'd like to ask us a question, feel free to do so. We'd love to uh, engage with you. So let's explore anxiety. anxiety. Yes. Okay. So the feeling of anxiety... Do you think, though you might be afraid, you and I are afraid of different things. Say you're afraid of spiders, I'm afraid of the dark. The feeling is the same in both of us, isn't it? The feeling of fear. It mm -hmm. can't be different. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. So now let's think of this whole process, by the way, is around asking questions and finding the right question to ask. Yes. All right. Yeah. Okay. So let's begin with a simple one. How many of our fears come to pass? Well, I think there's some kind of figure that over 90-odd percent of things that we worry about never happen or something like that. They don't, do they? No. Okay. And when you're afraid and you distract yourself, even for a short period, say you're watching your favorite football team play football, <laughs> For example, for that 90 minutes, there's no fear at all. Right? Yeah, so that fun. gives us a clue that fear is linked to thinking. Okay. You understand? It's so yes. clear yeah. that if you think about something else, for that time, your anxiety goes away. Got that. That's right. So... Your mind is creating these fears. 99% of them never come to pass. That's not intelligent, is it? No, I think, if, if, yes. If you, if, you, if you were a statistician, you'd say, what's the point? <laughs> Wouldn't you? Yes. yes. Okay, so then the next question we could ask is, is there another way of seeing something? This is a different point of view, is it? it yes. Yes. So you say I'm anxious about an exam I'm going to, and I'm worried about failure. Mm -hmm. you know, oh, I'm worried what other people are going to think about what happened, what my result is, my parents, for example. What's the other way of looking at it? You know, there, there are so many other ways we can look at it. And maybe you could realize maybe it doesn't matter. You know, mm -hmm. what, what other people think may not matter. So... Whatever's causing our anxiety, there is always another way of looking at the same thing, right? 
yeah i get that i get that and just a little thing just just a little notification there um we've had a, we've had a little nice like from mark harvey so mark thank you for the like okay thank you but then we can ask another question what's the one thing that can make all fear and anxiety disappear steve i'm asking well, that, that question right yeah what's the one thing that can make all fear and anxiety end immediately. Stop worrying. No. No. Okay. Um, let's let's take that question first. Okay. Is it possible for worry to go away if you decide if you want to stop worrying? So it's the way we think about it again. Yes. But if I said to you, Steve, don't worry, spiders are not going to kill you. You're just going to Australia, it's fine. The spider's not going to kill you. Kill you. <laughs> it doesn't work. What I'm saying is for the person who's anxious, trying not to be anxious doesn't work. See, because the same thinking process that creates the anxiety is the thinking process that's trying to stop being anxious. That's, that's what I'm going to say. So again, so it's like changing your thinking, changing your thoughts. Yes, but a much better way is acceptance. Mm. If you can accept completely whatever it is you might be afraid of happening in the future, your fear ends. If you're going for an exam, you accept that it, you can fail, for example. Then you'll just sit it again. What the hell? How many billionaires are there who never pass an exam? You know, it's what you do in life that matters and so on. You can just realize that it doesn't matter. No, it's interesting. And, you, Manish, it's interesting you say that because to, to, uh, I did a blog post recently about um, that you can't drive down two roads or walk down two paths at the same time. Hmm. And I went out for a walk this afternoon and I was on a path and there was two paths coming off. And hmm. I, did, I did a little audio about hmm. that saying, well, I hope I take the right path. But if I take the wrong path, what does it demonstrate to me that it was the wrong path and that other one was the right path? So no matter what path I decided to take, the one path wasn't taking me where I wanted to go. I knew where I wanted to be. So I knew. But as long as I accepted the fact that uh, and not get upset about it, the world changes. You know, it's a simple thing. But if we can learn acceptance... It completely ends fear. So that's a little bit about accepting how we feel about something, though, isn't it, as well? Or know? even accepting what may happen. Mm -hmm. So, for example, a lot of people are afraid of dying. Yes. And I was talking to some 18-year-olds in a secondary school, and their number one fear was dying. Can you imagine? At 18. In sec 18? Yes. Secondary school... Sixth formers, their number one fear was dying. And I said, if you have a fear of dying at 17 or 18, does that mean for the next 70, 80 years you're going to live with this anxiety? And when you live with this anxiety, are you going to be living? <laughs> or you're, you know, you're only going to be half alive because you're going to be worried all the time. But just picking up what you were saying earlier as well, though, you know, for that 17 or 18 year old, um, w when they're distracted and they're out in the nightclub, they don't fear of dying there, have they? No, so that, they don't. 
so 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 that so that see you know, that fear which is it just dis dissipates it dissolves at that point completely so if we can accept the death as a part of life it's inevitable God. our fear fear ends you see yes and a 10 year old i met gave me the best answer i said what's the root cause of fear and she said it's our imagination playing up <laughs> well yes you know and just just a little analogy there then to demonstrate that and um you know imagine it was a nice sunny afternoon um and um you've just gone for a lay down on the bed okay just to relax and you hear some creaking on the stairs but it's a sunny afternoon it's daylight you don't really bother same situation two o'clock in the morning and it's dark and you hear the same creaking of the stairs your imagination yes yes but another way to look at it so you see what we're doing we're taking a common problem and all mm -hmm. we're doing is asking questions do you know one in five adults suffer from anxiety wow that's a huge number you know yeah, i met this number. head teacher in a school once he said i love my job it's a fantastic school but I just cannot get rid of this feeling of dread, of anxiety. I've taken the tablets, I've been to see the therapist, but it just doesn't go away. It's a dysfunction of thinking, you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So fear has its place, of course, in our lives, protects us and so on. But when it becomes dysfunctional is when it completely can ruin our life. And wisdom can help us get past that. So as you've developed then this human wisdom program, what, what kind of things can people find in the program itself? Okay, so what we've done is we've created a very structured program. So for example, if we want to understand ourselves, the first thing we need is we need a mind that's quiet, that can notice things. If your mind is busy buzzing away with thoughts, you can't notice what's happening. So the first step is to do something to have a quiet mind. The second step then is to learn how to look at yourself. We know how to look at the world outside. We don't know how to look at ourselves, Steve. We've never been taught. Yeah, we look you know, at I, My mom was the best person. She said, Manoj, I know how to look at myself in a mirror. But what is this looking at yourself been? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, that's a, that's the great thing, isn't it? To just to explore why you're thinking, why you feel in a certain way. Yes, you, to ask you, the question. The questions the question. are what opens the door to wisdom. Mm. And then the third step is the most interesting. You know, just like computers share the same operating system, which we don't see, we human beings have the same operating system in the sense our minds function in the same way but we're not aware of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll give you one example, which we can explore. Let's explore conditioning, you know. Okay. All our influences from childhood become part of our memory. And we identify with that as Steve and Manoj. Right? So you're born on this side of the street in Belfast, you're Catholic, that side you're Protestant. You might grow up hating each other. You never ask why. Right, okay. Do you understand? Yeah. yeah. So we're not aware we've been conditioned, but yet we become attached to it. 
and, and these things are there that at that unconscious level aren't they yes yes and so for example it's like saying a thief comes into your house at night doesn't steal anything but puts his or her thoughts in your head and when you wake up you think they're your thoughts and you want to defend them <laughs> and you think that's science fiction but it isn't it's conditioning and if you want more evidence look at advertising that's what they're doing yes yeah constantly. yeah and I just I was just thinking about things in 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 my life you know I I grew up with a with a conditioning um that um it's a hard life <laughs> and, and these were the, these were the words from my dad right yeah. who was up early in the morning god bless him he was a lorry driver at the time and all i heard as a young boy was oh it's a hard life so i grew up with this conditioning going through me for many 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 years that god it's a hard life and it's tough yeah and it, and it wasn't until I, I was doing some work with somebody and we were just i wasn't even aware we were exploring it at the time right um but we were and and I was able to let go of this thought and you realized it wasn't my thought. It's I'd taken it on board. Yes. It's quite a sobering moment when you first realize that every opinion and belief that you have, which you're so attached to, you're willing to kind of cut, you know, angry with people, kill people because if they challenge your beliefs or your ideas, Joe Cox was murdered for that, you know, Brexit and all that. But every opinion we have has come from somewhere else. It's not original. Mm, yeah. Can you yeah. imagine the peace that would break out in the world if people just understood that their opinions are not originally theirs anyway and let go of their attachment to them? Yeah, What? how powerful would that be? And it's so logical, right? Mm. Even if it's somebody... Just, it, yeah. Even if they just ask the question. Yes. Where do my opinions come from? Why am I so attached to them? Yeah. Why am I, I mean, look at the war way? in America between Republicans and Democrats and all of that. And the families stop talking to each other, even in this country, but Brexit, you know, all of that. Mm. It just depends on which newspaper you read or what experience you've had or, you know, what social media site you've been on. And all that is our conditioning, you see. And once you can recognize that, and once you can start exploring that, and once you can start questioning yourself, because let's just let's just expand on this a minute, because this is interesting, is it? Just touching about that. We're very good at questioning somebody else. Yes. Yes. Aren't we? Why do you think that way? Yes. You know, I've heard it often. Well, you you've got to be wrong. Why do you think that way? But what, what happened if you flipped it and said to yourself, why am I thinking this way? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. How, what difference would that make? Yes. We wouldn't we wouldn't get into these battles, would we? And these no. arguments. So and, and, if I met you and we both have this understanding, we may have different points of view. My first question would be curiosity. Hmm. I'd say, Steve, why do you think that way? Yes. What's going on? In, I would, I'm curious. How did you come to that point of view? And, and do you know what, Manoj? I might, I might respond by going, I have no idea. <laughs> or you might say, Manoj, how did you come to that? And, you know, yeah. then we're exploring it from different angles. Yes. 
But if I say to you, no, no, the Tories are good or Labour's good, and you say the opposite, uh, what happens to our friendship? Of course, it gets us strained, right? Because, yeah. you know, and we yeah. learn nothing. <laughs> no, no, we, we don't. We go, well, I'm not going to talk to him about that again. I don't, you know, and that's the way it goes, isn't it? But so, see it, what happens? Hmm. So many friendships go down the drain because people don't understand the simple thing. They stop talking to each other. Relationships Re break I was going down. To say, relationships. Yeah. 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 Partners, differences of opinion about whatever, you know. So, By the so way, so we're we not saying conditioning is wrong. We're just saying it needs to be understood and questioned. Yeah, just that, all, all we're saying, I guess, isn't it, is that wonderful word that we use, just explore, just ask the questions. Yes. I was thinking now, going back to um, it's a, my, my grandson's now what getting on for 10. But when he yeah. was about six years of age, um, I was sat with him, and um, this is what he said to me. He went, Papa, you don't really know me. Yeah. And I went, well, Jack, what, what do you mean? And he went, well, how can you really know me? You don't live with me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm. What a great question. You know, what a great yes. thing for a seven-year-old to say. Yes. You know, and, and then he made me think, um, you know, about things. And, well, well, do I really know him? Well, I can't really know him because I'm not with him all the time and things like that. And, and then we went and had a, you know, a dialogue about various things and, yeah, the, the things that came out from that, from young Jack, I find him quite inspirational. I find mm. it quite liberating to talk to young people um, who really make me think about things and question yes. question myself. And again, you know, the work that you've done with the schools as well, the same thing. They're, they're quite liberating. But Absolutely. I mean, if I ask you, if I challenge you on anything, first thing, you'll become defensive. But if we challenge ourselves, there's no resistance. You see what I mean? Yes. And that's when yeah. we can really learn. So we just question, why do I think that way? What's going yeah. on in my thinking to make me feel this way? Yeah. We just had another lovely like from Anita. Good evening, Anita. Hope you're well. Thanks for joining us Joining us tonight. So so in, again, in, in, the human, in the Human Wisdom Program then, because you've done a lot of work around this and without giving too much away i guess because it's not quite ready for launch yet but there's a lot of this summer yeah we've got an app there. coming out basically yes yes um and what kind of things are on the app so we've got 58 modules so we've got oh, wow <laughs> so it really covers the entire spectrum of being human but then once you have this deeper wisdom then you can apply it really to every aspect of your life whether it's to deal with stress or anxiety or to avoid conflict in relationships or to communicate well or to be happy or to avoid addiction or to deal with criticism well. You know, yeah. if you're in a leadership position, how can you be a leader with wisdom? How to avoid health problems? Can you imagine? A billion people in the world have nothing, not enough to eat. And 42% of Americans and 28% of Britons are obese. Wow. And they can't help it. See what I mean? Yeah. At least the people who are starving have no choice because they just don't have the money or food or whatever. Mm. Right? And by the way, the hungry are in this country too. They're everywhere. 
But obesity is completely linked to thinking. And conditioning. Right. On conditioning. conditioning. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, without mentioning certain brands, but when you see certain brands, the conditioning is you salivate and think I must have one of those. <laughs> yes, or if you're stressed, I've been there. I've been yeah. there. Man. You, you overeat when you're stressed. You've got I, a favorite stress story. Why don't you tell that, Steve? If it's not too embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. I do have a favorite. Yes. Um, uh, I when I when get stressed, I tend to get up in the early hours of the morning and sneak down in the dark and uh, drink milk and uh, munch as many biscuits as I can. And uh, one evening, um, I managed to eat a whole packet of fig rolls. Now, for those who's listening, I'll defend myself here. There aren't many fig rolls in the packet compared to digestives. Anyway, I ate the lot. And I didn't want Anne, my wife, to find out. So the next day, without her knowing, I went out and bought a replacement pack. <laughs> and and I, I put them back in the tin. And yeah. she said, oh, I fancy a fig roll. I said, well, should I? Let's get them out then. So I took them out and she went, how interesting. I went, well, what do you mean? She went, well, the fig rolls I bought were Jacob's. These, <laughs> somebody else. And I, and I got caught out. But I'm, uh, I'm aware. I'm a, I wasn't aware at the time that's what it was linked to yes you know. so you see again it comes back to can you imagine if we could live with this inner wisdom all the time so we ate, we ate enough to look after the body but we had a better way of dealing with stress we understood the nature of pleasure so it had its rightful place in our lives we understood conditioning so we saw an advert we wouldn't immediately go and buy whatever you know mm -hmm. we'd buy it if we needed it yeah, because obesity causes diabetes or that increases the risk of heart disease. You know, we'd be so much healthier. See what I mean? Mm. Yes. So, yeah. And all these okay. things in all these things that you've got within the inquiry uh, program and the app and everything like that. There's there's lots of things in there that can people can uh, can watch and and explore. Yes. Um, and, and things like that. Just a couple of things I want you just to pick up on as well, because you 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 mentioned a word in that you mentioned communication. Yes. Okay. And and let's explore this for a bit, because one of the great things for me around communication is after managing sales teams and all that kind of thing is is very often we think that somebody has understood what we've been saying. Yes. Because we don't check in. And this can be a big problem. It can be a problem in relationships. It can be a problem in business. Yes. So we think they've understood, but there's no check and balance, you know, for, for yes. feedback. No. And and different words mean different things to different people. I remember working with a couple mm -hmm. in, uh, in a relationship situation and they both used the word love. Yes. But how they defined love was completely different. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until you explored what love meant to them mm. that they could sit down and overcome the issues that they had. They were totally on a different page. Yes. So interesting communication, you know. Mm. But it's like something we can all learn to do better, can't we? Yes. Once you explore and understand, again, it's like asking questions. Because people get so hung up on words, they don't realize that communication is about meaning. 
And let's just let's just touch on another one as well, then, because you mentioned leadership about, you know, the wise leader, the leader with wisdom. Mm. Let's just explore that for a minute, because how many leaders think they know it all? Yes. Okay. And for me, I'm just thinking about, you know, as as a leader. There are people within the organization who, if you, only you would ask them their view about something, how could we make this better? Instead of you thinking that you know it all, they come yes. out with some pearls of wisdom, don't they? Yes. Get up from your ivory tower, go and walk around your organization, whatever it might be. And the person who's doing the work on the ground floor in the basement probably has an answer to the problem that you won't discover unless you go and ask him. Yes. Or her, you know? Yes. Whoever it might be. Oh, but wisdom leadership or leadership with wisdom. Uh, so many organizations, and in, I mean, I've worked in a lot of schools now, about uh, 60 schools have traveled around. And the complete culture of the school is made, made or you know, by the quality of the head, the wisdom of the head. Okay. Either the teachers love working there, the head absorbs the pressure, doesn't pass it down the line, is personable, etc. And others where the leader is insecure, you know, afraid, again, lives without this inner wisdom, inner intelligence. Then those organizations, then that leader uses fear to control the organization. And it's an unhappy place to work and so on, you see. Um, and we all know that fear is not a motivational factor, is it? It's not an inspiration. Oh, no. I mean, if you're afraid, your brain's only working at 30% capacity. And are you going to give your best to an organization where you live with fear that you might be told off or your job's going to go tomorrow? <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, because you're going to use that. You're going to use that that brain power for different reasons, aren't you? But the leader himself or herself might have been conditioned in that way of being. That means they might have been dealt with through fear by people in their lives, so they think that's a reasonable way to be. See what I mean? Yes. Again, not questioning their own conditioning and not understanding what's going on. Do you know? You know, we'll 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 wind up soon, um, Manoj. But I guess it's those moments you touched on it uh, about quieting the mind right right early on in this conversation. Yes. Um, and I think people get sometimes get a bit confused about clearing the mind and quieting the mind. Um, but, but when you quiet the mind, you just let things in, don't you? You, you, you know, and. And and answers come because you're still. There's a there's a yes. word. Yeah, stillness. Let's use the word stillness. What a lovely word. Yes. And you know, I've discovered something recently. That the mind becomes still when it pays attention to anything. Whether yeah. it's paying attention to your breathing, or if you go for a walk in nature, you pay attention to a tree. Just look at it. You know, go up close and actually study it without trying to name it or anything. Just paying attention. Paying attention to your thoughts mm. quietens your mind too. 
or meditation does the same and so on. So there are a number of ways we've explored where just paying attention, even to music. Now, there's, you just mentioned something there uh, again about you use the phrase without naming it. Yes, without uh, language. Without language, because I, th I think it's in the Tao Te Ching with Lao Tzu, and he talks about the nameless, but we, and it's 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 us that name, he calls it the 10,000 things, that we have to give things names. We have to give things yeah. labels. Yes. You know, you know, we have to have a diploma, a label, as though it makes it all right. But does it make you a better person? Does a diploma make you a better person just because you've got a label? Yes. And and when you explore things like that, so I mean, we could we I mean, we could talk for hours here uh, around around all. And let this. me leave your listeners uh, with one shall I? Some amazing yes, thing I've discovered. Yes. So we've discovered that stress and fear and anxiety are linked to thinking, right? Mm -hmm. But we've learned that fear is linked to thinking. We've discussed that. Imagine if we could meet that anxiety without thinking. What would happen? Because thinking is the oxygen that keeps mm -hmm. that anxiety alive. Mm -hmm. If you can meet it without thinking, it dissolves immediately. Wow, how now, powerful. That's, right? Yeah. Simple. That's powerful. Now, how can you meet a feeling without thinking? Just like you look at a tree without thinking, or you watch a bird fly across the sky without thinking. Begin with nature. You pay attention to a tree or a bird or a flower complete attention, noticing every detail, mm. your mind quietens down. Yes. If you can meet a feeling in the same way, my goodness, can you imagine the benefit of that? Wow. That's a powerful way to end. But before we finish, if, if people want to find out more about the Human <laughs> Wisdom Programme, you know, I know, what you just, how can they do that? Okay. So, um, We've got a website, it's called humanwisdom.me. It's got some brief um, introduction to the program. You can go on there, you can message me. We're also on social media um, as human wisdom. Uh, you can email or you can connect, contact me through you, Steve, if, you, if they wanted. Uh, this summer we're coming out with an app, it's gonna be called Human Wisdom and um, if users are interested in getting an early peep at it, they can <laughs> certainly get in touch through our website okay, or through you. Um, but we're excited because the early feedback we're getting from people is very positive. And we're going to have four programs, one for children under 11, one for teenagers. Can you imagine the other day in a school, year 10 girls said they hate coming to school because they feel anxious about what others are going to think about, not about this education and the quality of education, but about what, how they look, what others are going to think about them, and so on. They have a knot in their stomach. So we're going to have one program for teenagers, one for parents, and one for adults. So four programs to help people learn about themselves, how their minds work, discover their own wisdom. Okay. 
See, the beauty is it's this wisdom isn't belong to me or you or anyone. It's like saying we're looking at the same moon together, the same mind that we human beings share. Right? Yeah. And the more you learn and look and learn about yourself, the more you discover wisdom and the more your life changes. And it's wow. really simple. Yes. If only we kept life simple. Well, look, it's been a pleasure as always talking with you tonight. If anybody's got a question or just like to put anything in the chat room before we finish, you'd be very welcome. Thanks for the the, the little likes and the loves so far. It's been a pleasure. Um, and uh, I manage, no doubt we will. Oh, before we finish, your new book. You've got a new book. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes come on. I, I forgot about that. It's called Understanding Stress. It'll be out this autumn. I'm busy right now getting the Human Wisdom Program done, but when that's finished this summer, this autumn, the book's already written. It's called Understanding Stress and How to Manage and Overcome It. You know, 80% of us suffer from stress, and stress causes all sorts of health problems, all the way from the common cold to cancer. So if we can live without stress, we can live much, much healthier lives because the mind and body are one now. You know, we're learning that. We are. We are. It's taken us a long time. <laughs> yes. But, 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 but we're getting there. So, look, big thank you for joining me tonight and uh, whatever you're doing for the rest of the evening. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Uh, thanks to those who've joined us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, hope you've enjoyed it. Um, glass half full. We'll be back again very shortly as well with uh, more guests from around the world. And uh, to you all tonight, whatever you're doing for the rest of your evening, have a wonderful, wonderful evening. We'll see you later. Thank you, Steve. Good night. Pleasure. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, a big thank you for joining us on tonight's Glass Half Full. If you'd like to have advanced information about guests that will be joining me on Glass Half Full, why not join our newsletter? Just drop me an email, steve at stevetwynham.com, and we'll add you to our Glass Half Full newsletter. And just a reminder to check out Yawa Radio, your truly well-being and happiness station, online 24 hours, seven days a week at yawaradio.co.uk. So once again, thank you for joining me on today's Glass Half Full podcast. It is produced and presented by myself, Steve Twynham, and copyright applies. And whatever you're doing for the rest of your day, have the best day you possibly can.